Welcome to another edition of Techman Talks Dynamics. I'm joined uh, by Jason Tremens, who heads up our CRM Power Platform team here at Techman. And it's that time of year where we are looking at the uh, release notes for what's coming in the spring wave one release, whatever yep. you want to call it. For I call it CRM. Obviously, it caters far more than just the traditional CRM. Uh, software these days um, but Microsoft released some things probably a few weeks ago now but um, we've gone through it reviewed it and picked out a few highlights of what we think is relevant for, for some of our customers and the audience on the uh, the podcast so Jay's going to hand over to you from a CRM perspective we'll start we'll start with CRM work our way down the various um, flavors of CRM or the various uh, functionality with marketing and so on and so forth yep. end up with some power platform stuff and I know we might touch on AI because it's a big part of the update this time it is. It is. So yeah, we'll we'll I'll try and um, go through a couple in each area um, in terms of uh, what's new or what's coming. Of course, we know that um, with the wave one release, it can it can appear available anywhere between April and September. Yeah. And then obviously you've got wave two that turns up. Um, and sometimes some surprises stuff they haven't announced at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like for example, Dynamics three sixty five Copilot that was post the wave one release notes, but. Yep. Let's start with marketing um, and Dynamic 365 Marketing as, as, as the app. So we've seen a lot of functionality turn up in this tool for the past kind of 12, 18 months or so, but expanding on um, the ability of the core tool. One of the features now is that you've got this concept of a journey. You've got what you're going to send out. You put it into a journey. The journey sends it out on the set timescales, etc. Now they're enabling that you can go and configure what they would call sales activities that um, can be a part of the journey. So if you get if if someone that's uh, that's a recipient of that journey gets to a certain stage and they've they've gone through the yes open yes clicked on yes so and so, you might sit there and go right now go and create a task for that said contact or for that company because they're warm enough to go and yeah, have a lead like a follow up yeah something. like a follow up or so it, it's it's a little bit like kind of it's without using kind of lead scoring I guess in terms of they score a point it depends on what they do this is very much a case if you get to a certain level you do so many things across the journey and the system can start to generate um, tasks and phone calls so these leads these inquiries opportunities if you want to call them that so you're you're giving the salesperson the the right kind of um ability and information to be able to engage at the right time as well so it's another kind of trigger to to kind of amplify and and make sure the sales experience is as good as possible so that's a little bit um so it's a little bit like kind of some of the sales sequence stuff that comes what used to be called sales accelerator in Dynamics 35 sales, um, where the idea is this happens first, then you should do this, then you should do this, then you should do this, then you should do this. This is a bit like going, well, hold on a second, if this part of the journey, then I'm telling you this is what you should do next. So it's helping the seller, basic, basically. Where, where, is it, where is it getting some of that um, information from in terms of where is it basing its decisions on? So when would it say now is the time to do something? So I think the idea is that what this one in, in marketing, it's very much looking at the you've hit – if if you've gone through the journey, if you think about it, like the journey's like a a process diagram, yes, 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 or no, yes, you know, yes, as such like that. At some point, you're going to put a gateway step in, and so you're going to put that in as part of building that journey. And if whoever, wherever that person starts with, if they go kind of like this, as soon as they hit that point, say that they've opened the email, they've clicked on through, they've then opened the next email as well. Yeah, 
that's the point that you're going to say, do you know what? They keep opening emails about this new product or this new offering or this new service that we're, that we're bringing to market in June 2023 example. Mm-hmm. So then it's going to say, do you know what? That contact, create that task and go and give it and assign it to the salesperson that is responsible for that record. Fair enough. Sounds good. Um, some, again, this is, it's not going to change your life, but a bit more of a drag and drop update to the form designer. Um, we've, we've seen kind of good experiences now coming around the customer journey builder and the email builder and stuff like that. I think they're trying to make other aspects of the tool. So a form in marketing is very much a case of like a web data capture form that you're going to embed on your website or put onto a portal page or et cetera. They're allowing that to be a bit more kind of drag and drop and better user interface style, so you've got a bit more control about what that form will look okay. look like as such. Um, and then the other one that I found quite interesting um, around marketing is this whole, you've got the ability to send lots of messages via lots of channels these days, and this real-time marketing concept that we've spoke about before, that they do this, send them this, they do this, send them this, but... We've done it a little bit at Techman, is this whole concept of kind of message fatigue. Yeah. Uh, and there is now going to be a tool inside of, uh, or a function inside of marketing app um, that's going to come out, um, general availability from April, that you can start to put caps on the channel. So you can only send this person so many emails or so many text messages or so many this in a, in, in a day, in a week, in a month, etc., or whatever it is. So the idea is that your this whole kind of um, prevent message fatigue is going to is trying to drive the it's going to stop them from saying oh that's another message from tech and that's another message. So you end up just putting it as blocked or junk or whatever. yeah. So they, 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 essentially they just they just sit in a holding area and they get ignored. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just another level of kind of filtering to say take this segment but also look at well actually that person has already been sent X amount or they don't want to have another email this week or this month, etc. So leave them also out of the filter as well. So there's now a function going to be around kind of message fatigue. I did I did see that one. I had a quick flick through 10, 10 top tips of whatever was in it. And I thought, that, you know, marketing is still something I really enjoy getting involved with. And, and that is, I think it's a really useful tool, especially if you've got a big team or you've got lots of campaigns or lots of different, you know, you're cutting up your data in different ways. And so someone might fall into multiple campaigns yeah. and then you're bombarding them and they, like I said, it suddenly becomes noise and, and you lose the impact. So yeah, that's a really, really useful tool. And then the other one um, on marketing is um, segmentation builder. So building the segment, building that marketing list of, of, of contacts essentially. Um, and it's, um, again, it's improvements to it. It's not an overhaul of it, but it's improvements to it. So the ability to create a bit more kind of complex conditions in, in, the, in the segment. So, um, for example, not just a, you, you can do it based on a little bit of behavior now going, they've opened an email in the past 30 days, or they haven't opened an email, things like that. But a complex condition could be like, they've opened the, Kind of monthly Techman monthly news news uh, letter or wrap up email mm. at least twice. So the idea is it's not just they've opened an email. It's case of they've opened this specific email on X amount of times. So therefore, they're going to now sit in this particular segment yeah. because they keep looking at the said information that was in there. Okay. So again, it's it's creating a little bit more kind of um, niche specific segments. Um, and honing a little bit more down on kind of parameters that 
your contacts uh, and the data that your contact is actually involved with as such like that. So it's a little bit kind of going into like the real time based on what they're doing with you, interact how they're interacting with you, what emails they're clicking on, how many times they're clicking on them, etc. So it's all trying to drive a bit more of like of a personalised experience, I guess is the best way of putting it. And that kind of improved segmentation builder is kind of GA from from May. So I think the more information you get about what your customer's doing with what you're sending out is it's got to be good. I mean, we, the old days of when you used to even just know someone was on your site and you would then contact them and it used to take them by surprise that they didn't realise that you knew they were on their site. Yeah. But we had loads of good feedback from that. So if you see someone looking, uh, I said, like you used the example of opening up the same email two or three times, there's got to be an interest there. So yeah, yeah, to yeah, reach yeah. out and, and make potentially something happen and engage with that, that user's got to, got to be good. So that information yeah, is really useful. Absolutely. Should we move on to sales? Yeah, let's do it. So first, a simple one. Um, in recent years, we've had, or recent times, we've had updates to uh, additions like Deal Manager in terms of pipelines, dashboards, ideas. There's now going to be a new kind of sales pipeline dashboard coming into play which is again a little bit more flexible I see it as a bit more like deal manager whilst in terms of you got your metrics you got your bubbles and all that kind of stuff and then you got your kind of your tab of your details or your section when you say bubbles details. what do you mean so in terms of like if you're on a chart you remember you've got your moving moving bubbles over a time period like you've got your value bought based on your months etc so it's again trying to offer a little bit more visual reporting that offers a bit more meaningful data than just just what we all know about any CRM system which is your lovely kind of upside down yeah, triangle yeah, in your pipeline yeah. in your pipeline so again that's coming out um, April uh, then sales engagement is the new name for sales accelerator that I mentioned earlier that's got things um, other things in sales accelerator that, that's a topic for its own right I guess um, some of those features are involved in sales enterprise and some need um, premium level depends on what you get um, but again not going to go into licenses in detail here but as part of that kind of tool that extra piece of functionality that you get with sales engagement is this whole concept of conversation intelligence so the idea is you connect to the phone system it listens to you it gives you positive negative sentiment it tries to t- capture actions from the calls and stuff like that and put into your CRM system some notes mm. um, I guess that's one of the, the simplest ways of understanding it but initially it was only released and going to work if you had Teams as a phone system Okay. so from July it's going to go into public preview there is no GA yet um, but it's going to it's now opening up to third party soft phone systems so not every customer that uses Microsoft is going to use a Microsoft soft phone no. i.e. Teams so people will use Avaya or um, I don't know. The, the, there's a lot. There's list is endless. Yeah. So the idea is that Microsoft know that and appreciate they're not going to cut the whole market and take put Teams phone system into everybody. So they know that people are going to want this functionality to do this conversation intelligence. So it's now going to open up to third parties. Yeah. So again, it's a little bit more about the AI kind of story. Again, taking the data, listening, trying to get suggestions, etc. There's another area that, as part of the omni-channel side of customer service, which I'm digressing into, um, they're starting to release features where it's going to listen in, but also be able to redact data from the conversation intelligence that it does the script. So, for example, if you were to take someone's credit card details or certain personal information, etc., mm. the the AI mod is starting to learn, so it redacts that particular piece of information, so it will never store it inside of the, the tool. 
we are going into a whole new territory with the data and data protection and GDPR. We are. Imagine that once that happens, we are. You know, do you need to tell the customer that something is listening into our conversation and yeah. <laughs> potentially doing it? Maybe, you know, it's a bit like when you record a phone conversation; it has to say this is being recorded. Yeah. But yeah, you you could definitely see the benefit, and I know Microsoft have announced some AI stuff around. You know, listening to what's being said in Teams meetings and then generating reports and actions from it, which yep. is which is really helpful. But that's 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 neat that it's going to do it from a conversation potentially with a customer. Um, up next widget. So you got a screen on CRM in sales. You're on an opportunity. You'll have a little box that says kind of up next. So typically, what that's doing is up next is you've got a meeting coming up next. Well, there's a task due. It'll tell you what's the the, the next one. And that's kind of been there. So that's kind of just bringing something kind of front and centre to your mind when you go onto that record of this is what you should be do, doing next. Okay. Um, not being overly particularly intelligent to date, it's just been kind of bringing that latest in, into a particular corner of the screen. Mm. Um, now, it's again, AI is going to try and help you so say that this is what you should be doing next and do you want help in com- composing an email or creating a follow-up task or something like that based on how you're interacting with that data and that particular record. Again, as relating AI, is probably going to want to see you interact with multiple records, multiple opportunities, see what you're creating inside of the system to be able to generate what type of tasks and follow-up emails and detail you should be taking from you. So if you're seeing that I've put notes in there about a particular product, it might give me an AI suggestion, do you want to send them an email about this particular product? Yeah. So again, you, you've got to feed information to get information, information back. Um, the other one that I think was quite cool that I am seeing, I... I've, I of starting to lose count how many times customers are actually communicating this way. We're still used to the good old turn up in the car, go and see somebody, say hello, have a biscuit, have a cup of tea, um, or more recently, sit and have a conversation over Teams. I see, and multiple of our customers are seeing regularly, that they're interacting with the customers via text message and WhatsApp. So now, um, obviously, you're going to have to subscribe to a, 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 an SMS-type service, like a Twilio or something like that. But against every kind of um, forms and records in CRM, so a contact or a lead or a potential opportunity, for example, in terms of how you configure it, um, you can start to send SMSs. And so you can give yourself an SMS or the team, and you can start to then respond text messages. Yeah, and that's all stored against either the contact. And that's all stored against the contact, etc. Yeah, yeah. I did have a look at that. That does look neat. I'd, ra- I'd rather send a text via a proper keyboard and, rather than trying to do it on my phone because yeah. I'm, I'm old. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought that was quite neat. The, they've, they've started to have a little bit that the team's chat starting to come into CRM or was in yeah, the last yeah. one of these. You're now seeing, uh, obviously, text. I'm guessing WhatsApp will be there eventually if if that becomes a possible or something, whatever way communicating, we need to, within Serena, if you want that full um, picture of what's going on with the relationship, you need to be pulling it in from wherever you're going from. Yeah. I, the, the text ones I always think is weird. I know we send out, uh, when we do our customer day, we send out reminders to text. And there's no doubt if my phone beeps with a text, I'm going to look at it way more than I'm going to probably go through my unfocused emails. And, yeah. and you know, so it, it, there's an element of importance that we still place on stuff that lands in our devices. There's also an element of annoyance if, if how the hell someone got my, my mobile number and they're texting me now. Um, yeah. but I guess that's the world we live in. But yeah, that's, that's neat. I think if you've got the ability to do that and people want to communicate that way, if it's in CRM, it leads into what you were saying earlier about if you give it all the data, it can make a better decision on, if they've texted you, say, yeah, give us a call tomorrow and it then puts an entry in your Outlook or whatever to go and do that. I think it's one of those where you sit there going, people's personal experience, some people have dropped me a text. I've got, I, I, I 
as part of strategy discussions or, or speaking with some of our customers um, for catch-up etc I've got plenty of directors of other businesses that will message me and go drop me a WhatsApp and go can you give me a call in 10 mm. and I'll pay attention to it and, and like whether you're on a Teams meeting or something else you'll, you, 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 as a human nature you're automatically drawn to if your phone's on the table etc yeah, you're going to never you, lose your side you, doesn't it? yeah or all of a sudden it's on your watch or whatever so I think I get caught a lot of text messages, WhatsApp messages off customers, etc. Can you give me a call or are you free or I'll let you, I've seen your message, I'll, I'll respond to you later, etc. So I think, again, not everybody, but some people find it easy just to drop them a message or something like that. And again... Well, you've got a priority, haven't you now? As you said, I, I'm, I will look at a WhatsApp, I will look at a, a text... I don't. I don't actually have my my emails. They come to my phone, but I don't have it pinging every time I get an email because it would never stop pinging. Yeah. So I go into my Outlook clients on my phone and I review it. So actually, it's right that if someone wants to grab your attention quickly, um, you know, a text, a WhatsApp. I do mute some WhatsApp chats. You know, chats which are <laughs> absolutely unrelated to social stuff or you know the, the football team that. I, that we play on a Friday night or whatever on a five side, you know, you who's in the team. You you mute those and just go back to them. But definitely the way we communicate is we're always trying to find how do we get to the top of the list, how do we grab someone's attention. Yep. So yeah. Interesting. Um and then uh the opportunity form is getting a bit of a refresh, it's gonna make it a little bit cleaner, make it kind of more spatially aware to, to maximise kind of the information that you see on the screen. Um but that's coming in September. Um and you'll see on the customer service side, the case form in the customer service workspace is also getting a bit of a refresh okay. as well. Saying that though, how many customers kind of constantly update and change the look and feel of their opportunity form or case form anyway? So it's one of those going, how many people actually just take the out of the box form? That That is up for debate. Um, so customer service. Um, so first one is external knowledge base connecting to a different kind of system or source so knowledge bases like the FAQ um, and you can create articles inside the CRM now what they want to be able to do is kind of connect it to other sources um, again it's loose at this point in time what do they fully mean by another source but external sources that's not to the CRM database and the idea is that it, you can then, when you're starting to search, it'll search for the other sources as well. So if you've got data or information in a different system that you've held, so the first thing I was thinking about when I was driving here this morning to say, well, I've got pro- product information that I don't store in CRM, I don't really have it in ERP, but it's in my PIM system, my product information system. Well, can I connect to that and then start to query going, what's the, what's the dimensions of this product? I don't know if I'm selling something that goes out on the shop floor that's quite a big machine, for example. Mm-hmm. I, the idea is that if that's a technical query, that I'm just going to query that system instead. It's going to return the information back to me. How in reality well, that's going to work, I'm not quite sure, but it saves potentially this whole idea going, don't start to load information into a CRM or a Dataverse if it's seldom going to be used. Again, we know that Dataverse storage capacity costs quite a lot of money. So the idea is if you can connect to other sources and just use that when you need to, then obviously that's going to be a be a, be of benefit. Um, I'm going back to AI again. Okay. Um, this time in customer service and chat. So uh, your chat widget that sits on your laptop, uh, on your website or a portal or wherever. Um, 
in part of that particular license that you can create, you can embed the chat, and you can just have a, you can just respond human to human as such. If you had the next level up of license, you can create a bot that says, based on this, you drive them down a certain path, etc., and you create that bot. Now it's getting to a level that they're introducing AI into it, and it's going to look at your your overall company's chat history, and then start to give you AI suggestions on responses that you should put together. Nice. So that's going to be interesting to depend on maybe if all your agents respond exactly the same way. Maybe you've had a dodgy <laughs> agent in the past that's going to rear its head even though they're no longer with you. Yeah. Because their chat history has yeah, been re- resurfaced by the AI. But yeah, I did, I did see they were on about doing this with Teams as well, where, slightly off topic, but again, they would look at your general chat reply and if you turn the bot on, you know, the Liam Walton bot would then try and reply to a team's message that came from a colleague or whatever in a similar Star, 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 star. star. Yeah, it, just doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't reply like I don't. There you go. <laughs> the AI is easy for me. But yeah, yeah. So um, it, it'd be interesting how that, how that works. It, it has the seems to have the ability to go horribly wrong. Uh, you're putting a lot of faith in this, you're going to audit it or check it. But yeah. once it gets there, it, 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 bots to an element have a, a structure to them where you almost guided them down a set of very clear instructions to reply like this or to push somebody there or then eventually say, I don't know what I, what I need to do, so you need to speak to a real person. Yeah. So it'd be cool. It'd be good to see what's happening. Um, so that's that that specific one is is available um, in, well, to be fair, it's available for the public preview in April, but there's no GA on it yet. I'm guessing they still want to do some tests on exactly what suggestions it's going to throw back at you. Um New email template designer. So we, we've got a marketing app that we've spoke about. This sends like lovely looking emails and all that kind of stuff on mass, etc. But CRM has always had the ability to create email templates and send them out. You just don't send them on mass because you'll blacklist yourself. Yeah. That's always been a bit hard work. You're doing HTML or you can just create some kind of very simple kind of emails. We've got one for Techman customers. You see our email that goes out when you've logged a, logged a case and say, here's your case number. I'll be the first to admit that it doesn't look particularly great. It's functional. It, it, it's, it's functional. Absolutely, it's functional. It gives you the data, gives you the information, but you look at it and go, hmm, looks a bit rubbish. Um, but that's just using kind of a standard template that we've used for years and years out of standard CRM. Now we're getting to a level where Microsoft are giving you a bit of an email t- template designer that looks like the marketing app. So it's like drag and drop of your content and stuff like that. So that kind of email template builder um, is going to be available from April. And hopefully that allow us, again, we're still not going to, be able to use it to send on mass and stuff like that, but hopefully it's going to enable us to send better looking emails from just standard CRM for one-to-ones or one-to-a-few customers based on a case opening or whatever. That's got to be better, though, you know, to have a, a better way of controlling your branding on all, everything that's going out to make it look nice and yes. not to be a pain in the neck for it to do. You know, you don't need to be a, like you said, a HTML developer or something to yep. actually get there. Someone within that team might be able to do a better looking, or you want to add something to it which is changed. You can now do it yourself in, a, in an easier fashion. So that's more tools, always good. Yeah, and I think from that perspective, so many people, not just marketing, but other tools as well that operate in the marketing automation space, it has become more of a drag and drop kind of experience to create that content. And then you go back to what standard CRM does, and you go, well, I'm going back. 10 years, 15 years, and oh, I need to try and put this email together and I don't really do HTML anymore or it was never really my forte or whatever. You just sit there just going, oh, this is hard work. So I think, I guess, they're bringing that up to the level that you'd expect it to be at with, with from a marketing perspective, which is which is, which is is good. Um, and then the other one is omni-channel, obviously, which is part of customer service. It's, it's, it's part of the, the, the tools that you can enable, license, etc. cetera-wise, 
which is on connecting to chat, connecting to social media, um, etc., and bringing all the data inside of CRM. Obviously, the latest one that they started to bring out last year was IVR, which is kind of all your voice recognition stuff. It's it's it, it it's daring that if you were to call your bank or that kind of stuff that it says hello, press one for this tool is driving some of that. But now what is enabling you to do as well is to say how many times do I stand and sit in the queue for I was going to say I've just re- recently remortgaged bear with us you are so and so in the queue and you sit there and you just put it on loudspeaker and you forget about it and you think about the bill that potentially then what you racked up what you're about to spend obviously you sit there and go press 2 if you'd like to keep your place in the queue and be called back when you get to the front of the queue. Yep, two, end call, done. Right, I'll get a call back then. And you don't hesitate because it's more convenient. That functionality is now, functionality is now coming to omni-channel with that level, level okay. of a tool. So you've connected to the phone system, allow customers to basically leave the queue, and then as soon as they get to the front of it, they'll be called back automatically. They're, they're in that place in the queue. And that, that works with... Teams, phone systems? Teams, yes. And they're, to, and they're enabling with um, third-party phone systems. The thing with IVR and Omnichannel, without getting to the crux of it, you have to enable kind of um, an Azure service, uh, an Azure kind of part of the phone services in Azure to then kind of Omnichannel CRM, Azure, your phone system, and it kind of map, maps it through in that kind of way. So it's not quite a point-click wizard, and I've got it. It takes a little bit of time. And then obviously you've got to create a... As part of that IVR stuff, you want to create a like, press one for press two for. Oh, do you want to call back, etc. So it's still configuration within the tool as well. But it's a case of they're trying to say a poster. There are phone systems out there that manage kind of your queues, your follow-ups, and all that kind of stuff. But they don't talk to any CRM system, or they don't talk to CRM systems enough. Obviously, Omnichannel is going to take details of your conversation, your potential next steps. It'll do your recording and store that for a period of time. Obviously, storage-wise, because of that reason, obviously you can siphon that off and store it in a data lake somewhere if you want to. But the idea is that it's Microsoft is trying to say, well, hold on a second, you can have your own phone system, that's okay, but how about you have all your data together? And again, it's going back to this whole principle. If Microsoft has the data, then they can make AI more powerful, yeah. and they can make the suggestions and the and the interaction with the system and give you better insights as the thing is, if, you, if your data, if you've got more data that's that's good, it's clean, it's useful, then you can do a lot more with it. Whether it's yeah. segmentation or, as you said, from an AI perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So I could carry on, but yeah. that that's let's leave that as highlights. Highlights yeah. of traditional CRM, okay. if we put it that way. Um, obviously, there's field service and other stuff, but obviously for the purpose of time. So let's move on to some Power Platform pieces. Okay. Um, let's move on to Power BI. Now, there's lots of technical enhancements to Power BI. I think the one that sits out for me um, that is going to be um, preview in July, doesn't have a GA yet, but I think it's going to be quite um, powerful, is if you're in a, especially if you're in a team meeting or a management meeting, etc., as a business, um, or a board meeting and you're remote, etc., is you can share your screen these days yeah no problem you can click share etc and obviously you're sharing the screen if you've got dual screens it's not so bad you can still see the people you can still see what you're sharing but if you're not obviously you can't say you still want to get that experience now what they're bringing to um, teams 
is you're going to get a tab for Power BI and you're going to embed certain reports for that particular meeting inside of inside of there. So if you want to sit there and go, these are my board pack Power BI dashboards, this is my management report, this is my team meeting related, it's all going to be there for everybody can be sitting on the team call and they can click on that in front of my own laptop. I can click on that tab for Power BI and look at those specific reports for that meeting. So you can interrogate it the way you want rather than just looking at a flat yeah. image of what was on. Or expecting someone to share or filter themselves on with sharing their screen, etc. You can interact with the dashboard separately. Okay. So a little bit like they did with PowerPoint where they you could display within teams and then and the end users can jump through the slides. You can you can lock that down, but yeah. they could move forward at their own yeah. pace. Um, and now they're doing that with BI where Power BI where you get again a bit more control as the end users to look at things and without yes. disrupting the rest of the meeting or what everyone else is seeing. Yes. Okay, that's, that's really cool. Um, Power Apps. Lots of stuff on Power Apps. Um, I could probably just do a whole podcast on Power Apps. Um, but a couple. It's coming, no doubt. Yeah. Um, a couple. So co-author Power Apps at the same time. So it's been a long time, it's been a long time requested. If you're building a particular app, model-driven app, Canvas app, etc., um, more than one creator, maker, wants to be involved at one point in time working on certain aspects of, of that app as such. Um, so previously, it used to lock you out, it used to give you an error. From April, me or you could be sitting there building our own visitor system app together and it won't complain about us. So this whole <laughs> collaboration of apps working together that's not going to be a thing, which you'd expect for from a business system. We're so used to it with CRM or we're so used to it with with Business Central, etc. People can sit there and develop on lots of different areas of the system all at the same time. Um, obviously, you manage how you do your releases, that's for sure. But this is a case of co-authoring together opposed to just one person always being responsible. And you've always got that bottleneck of one person building your app and you can't really get in and help unless they're off on holiday or whatever. Yeah. So that's good. Um Responsive layout is the other one. So um, you, the tool you can switch on, say, can it have the app has a responsive layout? Um, so phone, mobile, tablet, desktop, etc. Um, a standard, it's okay. Um, I think if you're going to build a specific app for the phone and you want it also to work for the tablet, sometimes historically people have been building two apps, one specifically for the phone, one specifically for the tablet, and, and kind of optimizing it that way. They are wanting to get to a level where um, there's this concept called responsive layout containers where you can start to essentially control yourselves um, about how you how the responsive design works. Um, so how it would be on a tablet, how it would be on a phone, etc. cetera. We've so, been able to do a little bit with websites for a little while where, it's, yeah. where it, it understands I'm on a different device, I need to lay the screen a little bit differently. Yeah. So again, it's not until July public preview. So I'm guessing you've got the container and then you also you're going to be able to obviously have the previews of where you what, what type of device that you're using and then obviously modify kind of the factoring that's on, on the screen, etc. So, But that's a July preview with a September planned general availability. Power Automate. Yep. Um, That's the workflow tool. That is the workflow tool. Used to be called Flow, many other things. Um, I suppose the one that sits out for me, um, there's lots. Well, let's say there's two. <laughs> um, first, pick your favourite one. <laughs> pick my favourite. Um, I'm not saying this is my favourite, but... Flows, Cloudflows, they have a 30-day, something like 30-day history of what they store in terms of the, the, 
the logs, okay. and then they just get auto-deleted, which most of the time is fine. Why do you need logs for certain flows for a long period of time? You, you don't. How many people look at them? Not many. Um, but certain things, if they're doing certain tasks and activities, um, or you want to monitor performance over a period of time, for example, do you see a degradation? A slowdown, that's the one. Let's just, let's just, let, I wouldn't Degra- even say a degradation cut, of service. I wouldn't even say cut that out. Let's leave my stupidity in there for today's podcast. Um, but the idea is you're now going to be able to put um, the, you'll be able to extend it past 30 days and store kind of transaction log history inside a dataverse. So you can create your kind of your own reporting and your monitoring and and, and maybe alerts and stuff like that off the back end of that opposed to just having your standard kind of log of here, log of history. Um, so that's okay, but there's still a storage implication on, yeah. on, on that though. So it, it shouldn't just be a free fall or I'll store it forever because why is the, uh, the there's got to be a real good question now of why people are keeping it for longer than 30 days today. Um, the other one, um, just because it's a theme, uh, is the ability to create flows using natural language. Guess what tool that's going to use? AI thing, ChatGBT. ChatGBT. Um, so from May of this year, you are going to be able to put, ChatGBT is going to be available in flow, and you're going to say, I want to, can you create a flow for me that does da 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 And it's going to try and create the flow for you. It's it's a lovely dream. I think that if, if people don't know what ChatGBT is, we've done a podcast um, in the last few weeks regarding that we've done out in quite a higher level we didn't go into too many specifics so it's nice to see another example of where this is potentially coming in yep. um, I think we said on that podcast it's still early steps it's making progress and it'll be interesting to see what the results are but this stuff will come This it will, will yeah, it will it, you know? it, it will and to be fair I didn't mention it but Power Platform has now got it's called Copilot which obviously is fun- it, the, the engine behind it is GPT mm. Um, We've seen a little bit of this with Power BI years ago, where you could say, "Natural language to inquire, show me, show me the best-selling region, show me the best-selling product," and you could either do that via voice or probably got more accurate results if you typed it in. But as long as you use the right phrases, what the fields were called, it did it did an okay job of of that. Yeah, it did. Um, And I guess this is the same. If everything's done correctly, this will work. But there's lots of elements that have the potential to go wrong. But hey, it's good. If you've played with ChatGPT, I think no one has played with it and not been impressed with what it does. Yeah. So it's great to see Microsoft taking that technology. I know they've invested billions into it, but then, you know, threading it into the products that we use day in, day out and seeing how we get on. And I think that that was going to be my closing note is around this kind of chat GPT and, and, and co-pilot as they're kind of front, fronting it with is, in my opinion. Um, and they, my- I, th- I think that, sorry to put in, I think the title for co-pilot, I saw they, they'd given this for Dynamics. They've now done it with some, some announcements around Office. I think it's quite a good descriptive title because AI at this moment in time isn't good enough to, to, to fly the plane. Okay. <laughs> but what it it's would true. do, what it's it will true. do is it can give you a help. I mean, we've used it in marketing for a little while. In terms of a start of a 10, give me a document uh, with a certain feel, with some particular language. And you know, sometimes you can stare at a blank page for a while and it takes a while to get going. Yeah. You know, ChatGBT 10 seconds later has given you a skeleton of a document or an email or something. Okay, okay great. That, that's a useful you know, kicker to get moving. It still needs the industry knowledge, the technical ability to, to, you know, 
review that and say what it, what the, the AI has done and make sense. But it does give you a helping hand. So I think Copilot is, is probably where it's at at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backseat driver might be another name for <laughs> it. But Copilot probably find more carry, carry on. Sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry. And I think that, that, that was the thing in terms of Power Apps. It, 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 in the Power Platform, it's starting to enable Copilot to say, get me started with an app. Mm. And I'll emphasize, get me started. If you, I think it would be, in principle, whilst it can go and create you an app, is it going to be exactly what you want? No. It's going to give you an idea as a starting base. Obviously, I've said a lot over the past kind of couple of years or so around Power Platform. It's a great toolkit to, to use and embed in your business. And I think every business should be embedding some of the tools, if not most of the tools, inside their organization. But one of the key struggles that people have, and I think that's where Copilot is, is probably going to change the game a little bit, is enable people to get started, give them a basis to get started with. Otherwise, what you're starting with, with an app, with Power BI or with some, with um, Power Pages or whichever, is you get a blank canvas and goes, well, where do I start? I've never really built this kind of stuff before, so help me. And um, I wouldn't quite go as far as it. I'm re- I, it always brings me back to Clippy. Um, yeah. Once upon a once upon a time, and yeah, yeah, I know. Lost the teenagers uh, in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a good starting point, and I think Dynamics three sixty five Copilot. Obviously, that there's a lot around. I haven't touched on it in this podcast that's been released, and you say a lot of it's Viva Sales. Viva Sales isn't just specific to Dynamics three sixty five CRM tools. Um, it can work with other CRMs. I'm not going to name them. Yeah kind of bad words, um, but the idea is that it's going to help write email responses from within Outlook to what you've received and stuff like that. So again, the tool, ChatGBT, starting to take that data and give you a suggestion of what you should be doing. Um, customer service, again, suggestions to to questions on cases and st- stuff like that, or data on cases of what you, should be, what you should be picking up. So again, you're starting to see, because you're interacting with data a lot of the time and it gets mixed and different customers or prospects or accounts or stakeholders or suppliers will deal with in different ways. The idea is it's using all that kind of data to to pick it up and go, hey, how about this? Hey, how about that? There's a lot more kind of variety, I guess. Um, I'm not saying it won't come in waves to something like Business Central, but you, you're quite rigid in kind of your, your transactions that you're doing in such a system, whereas... CRM is such this vast open... Yeah, there's more creative stuff in there, isn't there? Yeah. Which it can definitely help with. Um, and, and you're down... So how you enter a sales order is how you enter a sales yeah. order. How you enter notes of how well an opportunity is going is subject to the salesperson. That could be a one-worder. It could yeah. be several paragraphs. It could be positive. It could be negative. And obviously, if if the system's going to try and pick up on that and, and get to a level that you'd hope going, well, my, my language is kind of positive, my language is negative then all of a sudden that should be also influencing how hot or cold my opportunities may be and give an influence to the board or directors or managers to say, well, actually, we should be focused on those because these are the ones that have got the more positive language associated with them. Mm-hmm. So again, it's it's using the data in the tool to, to drive activity, to drive the, what, where you should be focusing on. As a, Like, for example, as a salesperson, any salesperson wants to take the most leads and opportunities they get because they're going to think that they're going to close them all, they're going to get all the commission on them, and then they're going to be singing off in the in in the sunset and playing golf for the next six months and not having to not having to work. You could tell you used to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reality is is that the, 
for me, the art of sales is actually picking what you're more likely to win. That is, doesn't mean quantity. That means quality and focusing on closing those, and then you'll always get a better return rate. Mm-hmm. But the idea is if the system's going to help you say, well, out of my 15 opportunities, what five should I be working on at this moment in time? Surely that's going to be a good thing if Copilot, yeah, etc., yeah, can help me get, get to that. Now, I'm hoping that Microsoft are going to bring that level into it, but that's going to require us customers, people that use the system to put the right level of information in. And obviously that's a that's a that's a mentality, it's a behaviour thing about how people use CRM systems. It's not just a record keeping system. But if we start where you if we go back to where we started and you said actually it's listening to it's listening to conversations, it's taking the yeah the, the, the system is then been able to interpret to an extent was that a positive conversation was the customer doing it has the customer clicked three times on that same email yeah suddenly then it, it's having the, the information itself it's generating its own data for, or, you know, that pool of data to say actually you know I do think this is a good op but I agree with you if people don't use the systems right and at the moment we still live in a world where we need to input the data ourselves as anything since we've put IT systems in if the data is rubbish that you've got in your system the output's going to be rubbish as well absolutely so, yeah, the, the fundamentals never change them. yeah no no, they don't no they don't and I think I think that's enough on on kind of AI co-pilot and for now obviously I'm sure we can talk about that on, yeah. a, on a different podcast but um, in relation to CRM and Power Platform so I think those are the highlights I think for now uh, there's plenty more but I think we'll leave it there okay perfect one thing I will say before we close and you might have some thoughts on this, for our customers we've got a CRM uh, customer day coming up um, we have the end of April yeah 26th of April um, we've got a customer day um, for CRM Power Platform so we'll have two tracks we'll have a typical solo of Techman customer days we'll have a a keynote kind of summarising kind of the new features, um, initiatives from Techman. Then we'll go into kind of three breakout sessions throughout the day, focus on breakout one, I think it's focused on sales, and then introduction kind of some power platform pieces and power apps. Session breakout two, focus on customer service, um, or a, a bit around kind of, I think it's like power automate, um, and maybe power pages, um, and power BI. And then session three, you've got marketing, and then you've got power platform again, Another one around Power BI and another, and then I think one around marketing as well. So there's kind of two kind of streams, tracks of, of se- sessions. So I think, yes, it's, there's going to be a bit of technical stuff, but we're going to try and put it in business language and business speak. So if you're using kind of the technology, one person could sit through the CRM practice track, some person, another person could sit through the, the Power Platform tracks yeah. as well. So yeah, it's uh, 26th of April here at here at our Techman. Okay, so another free day for any of our customers, loads of, uh, loads of knowledge to be transferred across to those guys and uh, and obviously they get to have a chat with other people using the products in the, in the breaks and whatnot that we have. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, well, um, thanks Jace for, for joining us, running through what's, what's happening with the Wave 1 release for 2023. No worries. Um, and um, I'm sure we'll be back on talking about chat GPT. Uh, it's just too big a topic not to be covering in its own right, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep covering that as, uh, as it progresses. But uh, thank you very much as well for joining us. Really appreciate people taking the time to watch or listen to the podcast, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.